This episode of the podcast is brought to you by talking like a fucking condescending asshole. You sound like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, but it's Faye. I'm a sound king for the board and interrupted your radio show. What a sound. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm Frank. I'm Zach. And today we are discussing a little indie film called The Vast of Night. It was cool. I loved this movie, Zach. I have pretty much nothing but positive things to say. I have maybe one negative thing to say about it. Which is it. fine. Yeah. He's like, the entire movie. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> I'm very excited to discuss this movie. Uh, please, Zach, give us the rundown. All right, guys. Vast of Night came out in 2019, directed by Andrew Patterson. So you only have a couple of people in this film. You have... Sierra McCormick, who plays Faye. You have Jake Horowitz, who plays Everett, which I absolutely loved his performance He's in this so film. He's so good. He is fucking fantastic. Yeah. You have Bruce Davis, who plays Billy on the phone. And you have Gail Croner, who plays Mabel Blanche, the older woman that they go to see. And who gives a fuck about anybody else? <laughs> Gretchen? <laughs> I care about Gretchen. Um, and The Vast of Night is a movie that takes place in the 50s. Yes. And uh, New Mexico? Yep. And basically, there's a girl who's a switchboard operator, and that is Faye. Mm-hmm. And she ends up hearing, like, this weird kind of, like, weird fuzzy kind of just, frequency like... Frequency Yeah, frequency on, like, over the lines. And basically, she's trying to figure out what it is, and then she sends it over to Everett, and Everett is kind of, like, the local, like, radio host... And he, like, ends up playing that frequency over the radio. And he's like, if anybody knows what this is, like, give us a call. And then that kind of leads them down this, like, little rabbit hole of people who have heard these these noises before. And then telling them stories of, like, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, it's fucking aliens. It's always aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and aliens. I literally, I pretty much have nothing but positive things to say. I absolutely adored this movie. I mm. think that this is Andrew Patterson's debut feature. And I think that this is a very, very good starting point for a film career. I think that this is an excellent, excellent debut. And I'm really, really looking forward to what he's going to be making in the future. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I really enjoyed this film. And I I absolutely adored, like, the opening. So, yeah, so the great thing about it is... They sh- it, you're pretty much in an episode of the Twilight Zone, but it's the Paradox Theater, right? But it's very much like this is the yeah, Twilight absolutely. Zone, like it, you know, it's a, it's kind of like a little tongue in cheek thing. The long shots, the, are so there's so many. The opening shots where it's Everett walking into the gym and talking to the one friend, and then Faye, and it's just these beautiful long shots of like the entire gym and you get the full shot and it kind of like pans over slowly and he's talking to the guy with the trombone and it just pans in really really slowly it's such a great opening shot yeah i mean i mean the, the 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 actual real opening shot of the tv of like you're in the room and there's like the twilight zone thing going on and it slowly pans into the TV and then you go into the screen mm-hmm. and then you're in the film. I was like, when I saw that, I was like, I'm hooked. I'm in. Like yeah. you, you already have me. And they do that a couple of times and there I love are so it every many. single time. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not sure 
if this movie, I, I, in my opinion, I think that this was more like such like a bootstrap type of film where it was like, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and let's go make a fucking movie. Like, mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of money. Let's go. And I think that I have to imagine that the reason as to why there were so many long shots and so many long takes is because they didn't have a lot of money. So it was like, let's just like, we got to like, you know, there's cause like, you know, when, when Faye is like at the switchboard and she's like doing the operating, it's like eight or nine minutes of just one continuous shot. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can get an actress or an actor that knows their lines who can do it all in one take, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that that's kind of like where this movie, like as to why, but I mean, I learned, I, I saw like, I did a little bit of research on it and I learned, you know, like when, uh, when like there's where, where you're at Faye with the switchboard mm-hmm. and then it goes through the streets and then it starts going into like the grass and through homes and through fields and whatever. And then you end yeah, up I didn't really in like the, that. Show. I really liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, this is really cool. And I, and I found out that it was basically just like a dude, like on a go-kart, like they literally like that. gave him like a like they they kind of put the you know they mounted it with him and then he just drove all through like the fields and stuff and I was like that's really cool. It almost to me looked like they just strapped like a GoPro on the top of a dog's head and let him go. <laughs> <laughs> just with all, with all the it just cut out all the sniffing. Yeah, like the stopping <laughs> and, and sniffing. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean like that was one of the shots where I was like this is a little out of place. Yeah. But other than that, mm-hmm. um, really the only other complaint that I have is just. It's heavy on the exposition, and I get why it has to be, because yeah. they're solving this whole thing, and they're talking to people like on the radio yeah. to try and do it, but the opening shot when Everett and Faye are walking together, mm-hmm. slightly too long. So, I think, yeah, I think there are like some like dialogue sequences that go like, all right, yeah, but... um. My main issue, honestly, with the film, and I don't really know if, I don't know what the what was going on, but I'm not sure if you noticed it, but there was, like, this weird, like, specifically in the the nighttime sequences, which is the entire fucking movie, yeah. um, but, like, when they were in, like, a dark, of it. a dark area, yeah, <laughs> when they were in, like, a really, really dark area that had, like, some surrounding lights, like a street lamp or something around them, mm-hmm. There was, like, this weird kind of, like, fade, like, this haze that would come over the screen. And I'm not sure if that was, like, a color grading issue or if that was, like, the camera that they had wasn't, like, super, super high end. So it was having a hard time with, like, whatever. Like, it was having a hard time in the night with, like, all the lights and stuff, whatever it was. Yeah. So there was, like, this kind of, like, haze that was coming over the screen every once in a while. Did you notice it? It was, like, this, like, weird, like, white fade that was coming over. And I was, like, this is... Uh, it's all right. Like, you yeah. Know. But again, other than that, I really, really adore this movie. There were like a couple of points too where it almost looked like they used natural lighting for yeah. it. Yeah. Like they used the actual street lights as the only lighting. Yeah, I think they did, honestly. I feel and like I feel like this movie... Money constraints maybe, but like yeah. it, it added to the feel of the film. Yeah. And I absolutely love like 1950s dialogue. Dude, like I was how, that's what I wanted to say, yeah. Oh, uh, I love it so much. Like, anything, especially to, like, because this is New Mexico, so it's more of the southern yeah. states, and, like, it is just so well done, and Everett, I don't know what's next for Jake Horowitz, but I hope it's something big. Yeah. And I, I hope it's something southern. I think I think he uh, I think he really really excelled in this movie. He, um, I really liked about the dialogue something like specifically like the first about like this the first half hour, mm-hmm. forty five minutes. I really noticed it that it was very 
I, I think I, I think it had to be done on purpose was because because this movie takes place in the 50s the dialogue is very like snappy like yeah. there's no real pauses in between like people talking they're just like you know like line 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 and they're just going mm. back and forth one another and it's just so quick and I was like this is a really like I think that that helps with the momentum of the movie because it's yeah. so much dialogue and but it's they're so going slow in the beginning yeah. and so like right so like helps. having that dialogue be so quick and so snappy really helps the pacing of the film. Mm. Yeah. I thought I think it was so good. My god, can Everett just like take a second not to smoke though? <laughs> yeah, he's always smoking god, a cigarette. Like he he smokes one halfway and then throws it on the ground and yeah. then lights up another one and I'm like, <laughs> "Jesus fucking Christ, man. Can you just hold on?" Like <laughs> Chew some gum or like eat an apple pie. <laughs> Throwback to the camping trip we had. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I absolutely adored this movie. Uh, I think the girl who played Faye did really, really well as well. Um, she did. So let's talk about the two stories that they that they end up like uncovering with Billy first. Yeah. Yeah. So the story with Billy, where he calls in the radio station, and he talks about like the frequency. Yeah. Because really ever interesting. Yeah, because ever has like this radio talk show and Faye kind of like lines it in so it's like hey have you ever heard this before and Everett kind of uses like his talk show just to send it out and like hey if you want to just tell us what you know call in yeah we'll give you part of Elvis's carpet yeah 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 <laughs> and yeah when Billy answers it and he reminded me a lot of I forget his name but the the man in The Shining like explaining the shining to oh, Danny yeah, yeah, yeah. sounded almost exactly like him. Mm. And I was looking up and I was trying to see if like Bruce Davis was that person and no. no, but they sound very similar. Yeah. And how he's describing it just like completely in fear that basically he was part of a weird like special organization. Yeah. Cause he can't go fully in depth to it. Right. And he talks about like how, they were subjected to like these weird sounds and it ended up making them feel sick. And then somebody somehow like took a recording of it and yeah. gave it to all of them. Yeah. And it was basically supposed to be like these people that nobody would believe. Right. And man, like you can yeah, just tell like they, the fear. They kind of, they kind of touch slightly on area 51. Well, well no, they kind they kind of talk, they kind of touch slightly on like race where yeah. where he's like you know he's Billy's like I'm old and pretty much dying and I just need like for you guys to like I just need to tell somebody about this mm-hmm. and he then goes on the record and he was like why did you wait so long and he's like well because I'm black and nobody would really believe me and then Everett's and he's like do you care if I'm black and Everett's like I don't give a shit like you know like keep talking like let's keep going so they kind of talk like they, it's kind of just like hey you know they were in this time period obviously yeah. like they were in the 50s yeah so um so they kind of touch on that a little bit um i kind of appreciated that i thought that that was kind of like a cool talk i, I liked i liked everett's like kind of just response where mm-hmm. he was like do you care and everett has like that like that minor pause where it was kind of like i have a radio show and this might not be viewed very great with like everybody around me mm-hmm. but everett was just like i don't give a shit like I don't care. Like you're telling a compelling story. Like I want to hear what you have to say and and I believe you. Um, And then, and then they meet the woman. Yeah. So when they go to, to Mabel's house, because she calls in and like gives them basically a similar, but different story Mm -hmm. completely. Yeah. But they just match up. Yeah. And 
he loses faith though like he he doesn't believe it once they they get there right also too the fact that billy was like oh yeah like it might be like in your library at the very bottom well no well so that's not they 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 had like one other person that he was like oh this person was like in my like group or whatever Mm -hmm. and then they were like oh he just like he's you know part of our town and he died so we have all of his stuff here so then they went and like went through it. Billy wasn't like you. Go, I know where it is. Go, go, <laughs> come. It's it's five minutes away. Yeah. And then she stole a bike, and then he stole a car. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's not easy to do. <laughs> like you can't just steal a car and be like, oh yeah, I one upped you. Yeah, right. Uh, but I th- I thought it was kind of like because I remember the at least they um they like commented on it because she's like oh. I run everywhere. I, I, I need to like go. Like I need to go here. So she immediately just takes off, and then he's like, "Why? Why are you running? I have a car." And she's like, "Oh, I'm just not used to driving in cars. I just kind of run everywhere." Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of funny. I like how they were talking about like iPhones in the beginning too. Yeah, they were. Yeah, there there was kind of like some like funny like thing because they were talking about iPhones. They were talking about GPS, mm-hmm. and they were just like, "This is gonna be like you're gonna be able to like just like type it in and just it's gonna be able to just tell you where to go." Yeah, and Everett's, Everett's like, like, "That's bullshit." Yeah, Everett's <laughs> like, "No way, man." Everett seems like the type of guy that I would definitely hang out with. Like if I w- if we were like you know if he was a real guy and <laughs> we were in the fifties. Yeah, I, f- I was trying to figure out like is he the nerd or is he like the cool guy? I think he was the cool guy. I, I th- think he was more of just like the he's, he's the cool nerd. He's the gen yeah he's the <laughs> genuine guy. Yeah, for like the entire town. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah when they go to see Blanche, mm-hmm, my yeah. God, like her story now, where is, she's speaking in tongues basically. Yo, she it was genuinely like freaky. Yeah. Like I, I think that both of the stories are pretty like creepy, but Blanche's story <laughs> is was, uh you want to go on because yeah I mean like she goes on to talk about like how she had a child out of wedlock and then yep. the the guy like just left and as like she's trying to like live her life and like take care of her son nobody's really like giving her anything and one day she like hears these sounds and she sees that her son is like talking in these tongues and she writes them down and then ends up taking that and then speaking them to him and that creepy thought too where it's like and then he just looked up and started saying them yeah then goes on to like talk about like how she would try it like a couple of different times and it wouldn't work and then one night she heard the sounds and the son ran outside and then just gone. Yeah. And she got blamed for, like, murdering the son. And I don't know how she got away with that. Because, like, I mean, obviously it's aliens. I guess but, it's like... I but guess, to everyone else. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's kind of like, oh, there's no body, so you can't prove it. So yeah. he just disappeared. I guess. Yeah. I mean... Um, yeah. yeah, it was kind of like, technically, it was like a disappearance. Like, he went missing, but the town is like, ah, we all think that she murdered her kid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really intense story. See, I, I, I understand what you're saying about, like, how it's a little exposition heavy. But I also think that exposition is basically to tell the story without showing it. Yeah, but it's more like, for me, like, I find exposition annoying. Kind of like what, what we said about, like, V for Vendetta earlier, mm-hmm. where it was like, you know, there's like this giant exposition dump and now it's like, okay, now you're all caught up for me. I don't really consider this exposition more of just storytelling and dialogue yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Like the way that like, you know, look, there, look, ex- there's ways to do exposition and 
I think that when, because look, this entire movie, nothing happens really. Yeah. Like, I mean, things happen, but like for the most part, this film is just dialogue and it's mm-hmm. characters like just talking. And I think that, you know, similar to Hereditary, Ari Aster's Hereditary, mm-hmm. you know, Tony Collette does that, uh, that exposition dump where she's at the, uh, like the grieving center where like, Oh after yeah. She, she's like, talking about like her father her, her and mom. her mom. And, you know, and she's talking about her mom and that's kind of like an exposition dump, but it's told, it's done in a way where it's like, I actually care about what she's saying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that I, I genuinely care about like the story that they're telling. And like, I think that it's compelling. And I think that, I think that's kind of like how you do exposition is if you have to do exposition, the dialogue has to be really solid and mm-hmm. the story that you're saying has to be really, really good and engaging. And I think that for the most part, this entire movie is extremely engaging uh, and just done very, very well when it comes to the dialogue aspect of it. I mean, it has to be, yeah. you know, cause this movie could have fell like fell right on its face if the dialogue was really bad. And if, if uh, Patterson didn't know how to like write, you know, like yeah, if absolutely. he was like not a good writer or whatever, and just was like making like really clunky dialogue or whatever it was, eh, it wouldn't work out too well. But I think that be- with this movie being so dialogue heavy, Again, I think that it's still paced really, really well. And in my opinion, it doesn't feel like it's like really, really long or like, oh, man, like they're just going on and on and on. Like, in my opinion, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm invested 110 percent. Well, that's why like it's paced really well. And I like where the story goes again, like just in the beginning, I feel like they could have cut it just a little bit with like Faye and Everett walking mm-hmm. because that at some points felt like what's going on like where's the story yeah but overall the pacing of it was really well done yeah and blanche's story by the end of it was terrifying because he didn't take the piece of paper of what was said right but he had it recorded yeah so when they get in the car Dude, with the that other was cool, two. right? Yeah, and he plays it back, and both of their heads just go up. Yeah, and they start saying it. Yeah, it's like, oh fuck! And they're no longer like because they're in the they're in the car with like the, I don't know who these people were exactly. They're like yeah. friends because they're just like oh like there's something in the sky like we got to go find it or whatever. Yeah. So they're going. So then he plays back like what she's what she like says and when, when she's speaking in tongues, and then they are like they just kind of lock up. Like they're driving down the like the road and they're no longer driving anymore because like they're, he's their their chins are just like to the the thing and they're not paying attention they're just going and going and going and everyone's like oh guys like the fucking road and they're yeah. like he's no longer steering the car and then eventually he like they stop and they like break that little like trance that they were in um, and then they get and then the they fuck get out. out yeah and they get the fuck out they're like fuck this yeah um, <laughs> you're a horrible driver <laughs> this is a terrible Uber. <laughs> um, <laughs> What's the, Uber? <laughs> the ending. The ending I love. I really like the when ending. they show the UFO. It's so cool. Chills. Yeah. I I almost felt like this movie could have gotten away with not showing it and almost. just done Yeah, almost because like But I'm when, glad that they did. Yeah, when they were when they had that shot where Faye and Everett were looking up at the sky in like the weird little cutout yeah. of the trees yeah and they saw like the light shining through yeah and they could obviously see it but we couldn't right i was almost like i'm kind of cool with that yeah 
But then when they actually show it, <laughs> it's, so it's good. like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have chills, and you can almost see another one in the background. Yeah, there's there's a few. I th- mm-hmm. There's, like, the main, main one, like, the yeah. big. But then there's, like, like smaller ones, like, around it. Mm-hmm. And, look, for a low-budget movie... It looked great. It looked really, like really, really well good. done. I think that that's where probably like 85, 90% of the budget went was like, we need to make this look cool. Yeah. Like, and it really, really does. And then Everett it, and May get taken. Yeah. They disappear. Yeah. And I thought it was, I was like, oh, the story with Blanche and ah, it's all coming together. Yeah. Like it all, you know, it was foreshadowing basically. It almost looked like they could have ended the movie at like six different times though, because they did like these quick cuts to black. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's the ending. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. like, the next scene is, like, Comes up, quick yeah. cut to black. It's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, that's the ending. <laughs> yeah. And then they actually show the final scene of the camera on the ground. Or the, it was oh, the, the tape recorder, tape yes. recorder, yeah. And I was like, perfect. Like, that's the ending. Yeah. And then they cut to black. And then, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but that was the ending. And I was like, wow, that was a really cool ending shot to it. Yeah. And I really love the fact that they played on so heavily during the 1950s there was this whole like ufo scare Mm -hmm. down near roswell like new mexico and all of that and they really touched on like the fear and the unknown and it at points like when i watched the trailer too i didn't actually watch the trailer for this i watched the trailer the trailer kind of has it way more of like a thriller vibe to it I hate, man. I know. The marketing, marketing, like, I don't know who's in charge of, like, marketing when it comes to, like, movie making. But, like, in my opinion, I really think that you need to leave it up to, like, the director 110%. Because they th- mismarketing is such a disingenuous thing to do, you know? Yeah. And, like, again, like, similar to, like, what we were saying about V for Vendetta. The trailer is, like, action, action, mm-hmm. action. And that's just not what it is. Yeah. You know? And this movie clearly also got McMar- uh, you know, mismarketed as well. And it's just so annoying. Like Crimson Peak, too. Crimson Peak also got heavily mismarketed as mm-hmm. like a straight-up horror. And it was just not. Yeah, it was gothic it was just, romance. Yeah. But yeah, like I got like real fucking H.G. Wells, like War of the Worlds vibe oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. from the trailer. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool because I thought that was kind of like where it was headed, where it was more of like they're kind of playing a prank um. or... They're doing this, but everybody thinks that they're playing a prank. Right, right, yeah. And that's where I was like, okay, I'm intrigued by it. Yeah. But overall, like, I thought the story was really cool and really well done for a low-budget film. Yeah. And really, like, simplicity thrives in this. Yeah, exactly. I'm really, really excited to see what he does next. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's it shows... I think I think it shows that uh, we have a promising up and comer. Yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah, I'm very very excited to see what he got, what he uh, what he has to do next. Uh, recommendation time. Yeah, I got one. I'll uh, no, it's my turn. Feet salad. <laughs> <laughs> Put your uh, feet in a salad. It's tasty. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. something that I don't think I've really like spoken about too too much on the podcast is my love for jazz music. Um, we've we kind of like like talked about it a little bit, but yeah, because you like chaotic jazz and i like smooth jazz i like really really chaotic jazz uh and i want to talk about um a a group called sons of comet you showed me them uh i did and they made an album two years ago called your queen is a reptile and it is wholeheartedly one of my favorite jazz albums like ever it's very new orleans style jazz yeah uh which i like yeah yeah so it's it's very, very like. It, it's it's definitely like more intense, 
and but they 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 add like this more like kind of like tribal element to it um there's i think the the first track and the last track have like actual vocals and there's like it's kind of like rap like Mm hip-hop but then the rest of the album is all just instrumentals um and it's really really just so good and you know the thing why i love jazz so much is kind of like how how crazy it can get because Mm -hmm. you have like you know the musicians kind of just kind of flowing off each other yeah exactly and this album i think really really shows you how they kind of vibe off of one another and how they flow back and forth and how they let one come up to the front and then go back and then and it seems very very well placed and it seems very but it also can be like oh wow i think that this might be just be like free form like yeah they're just like because jazz musicians are just so fucking talented that's why like one of in my opinion like probably the most talented of musicians is 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 being a jazz musician um so if you like crazy chaotic upbeat like you know pep in your step type jazz and you're and you know it's i think it's a good like introduction jazz album too Mm -hmm. because i don't think i don't think that most people gravitate towards like the elevator style jazz like the real real slow smooth stuff i think for the most part people i think that's kind of like why people don't like jazz because i think john coltrane did it very well yeah um, but you know, for the most part, people are just like, jazz is kind of boring. Mm. And I would say that this thing is anything but boring. Um, so yeah, your, your queen is a reptile sons of Comet. I really, really highly recommend them. Reptile or a rectile? Reptile. Your My. queen is a reptile. She can't get it up? No, it does not. <laughs> it's not erectile. Okay. Uh, Zach, what are we doing next? I wanted to... A movie that I watched the first time and I was like, I don't know how I feel yet about this, but I mean, if I don't like it, then we can chalk it up to a new series of movies that were trying to be good that are bad. Okay. And if we do like it, then cool. It's another movie, but I want to do the bad times at El Royale. Oh yeah. (laughs) You saw it? No, I've heard, I've heard like that. It's basically like. It's an. I from heard it, when I, I saw it the first time, it was basically like a knockoff Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, that's kind of what I've heard. Yeah, the is cast stellar. is like star studded, but I just heard that like it's like oh I've seen I've seen a Quentin Tarantino movie I can do that and then I heard that it kind of just falls flat on its face. But yeah. okay, we'll give it a shot. Yeah, we'll give it a shot, guys. That's it. Cool, Zach, take us out. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Now, Frank, did you hear about the squirrel that bit through the wire? I heard it still has that wire. <laughs>